This is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Joanne Mizell, who's the Chief Operating Officer at Banner Aetna. Joanne, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Now, I'm really excited for our conversation because I know um, you at Banner Aetna have been doing some amazing things, some great partnerships, digital transformation, all sorts of areas where you're really serving the community well. And so I am looking forward to getting into that. But before we dive into my broader questions, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and your background? Uh, sure. Um, Joanne Weisel, as you mentioned, and I am Chief Operating Officer for Banner Aetna. I have uh, been at Banner Aetna in this role for coming up on six years, which has really gone very quickly. I have spent my entire year on the health insurance and health plan side of, uh, of our industry. And when I came to Banner Aetna in uh, January of 2018, I, it was it was the first time I'd really uh, gotten an inside view on health systems and working with them as um, Banner Aetna is a joint venture between Banner Health, who is the largest health system in Arizona, and Aetna, which is a very large uh, health plan. So uh, this this was my the last uh, five or six years has uh, has been a really great experience in getting to see the insides of the health system, some of the, the issues and, and uh, concerns that they deal with. And uh, I've really enjoyed that. So this is uh, where I am in, in my journey. That's amazing to hear. And definitely, you know, um, and looking at all the different areas that you're accountable for in ways that you're working with the health plan, with the health system, healthcare providers, and thinking about patients too. I can imagine that's a big role of responsibility. So um, from your perspective, what are some of the opportunities and headwinds that you have your eye on right now? I, I think the, uh, the the good news and the bad news is that there's so many opportunities and so many headwinds uh, that we face in the um, the health plan and health delivery systems right now. But what, what that means and why it's a good thing is um, those opportunities allow us to innovate and um, allow us to try new things in an environment where um, there's a greater acceptance, I think, for trying new things and doing things differently because there are so many issues out there. A couple of things, you know, of course, COVID changed how we do everything, Um, moving a lot more to digital. Uh, Unfortunately, it did create, um, I think, or, or illuminated some behavioral health issues and emotional um, concerns, emotional well-being for our members and the health system's patients. Um, and as that demand increased and has continued to increase, and I think more of a uh, acceptance that that people want to get um, support and help in that area, unfortunately, access hasn't increased uh, to the level of that demand. 
and uh, the the nice thing and the opportunity that's created and that learning to do things virtually through COVID has created um, digital and virtual options that are, uh, they were the only things available for a while and uh, they were embraced as um, as good options for getting some emotional and well, mental well-being support and have really opened a lot more options and opportunities. And so we've really embraced that. We have about, uh, depending on the plan, 12 to 15 um, virtual options for um, support in different areas and um, are seeing a lot of, of uh, uptake in that, in that our members are able to get help quickly. They don't have to wait a long time to get appointments. And hopefully the industry will catch up as, as more people graduate and get into the, uh, that, that kind of work. But uh, that's, that's an, an opportunity, I think, that came um, from, from a headwind. And um, we're able to really help, help our members and help patients to, to get some care that they need in a way that they're comfortable. Another, I think, that we've really been bumping our heads against and trying as hard as we can to fix is the prior auth system within the health insurance and, and health delivery system. That's a big priority for us. Um, it's, it's a tough one. We'd like to do away with it altogether. That would be optimal. Um, but it's, I think everyone across the board has, has understood that it needs to be there. You need to get the right care for the right people when they need it. Otherwise, it's not available for others who do need it when they need it. So uh, that's, that's a headwind we continue to um, race into and are looking for solutions to. Wow, both are such fascinating and big issues. I, I really appreciate you talking through many of this in different areas, especially looking at, you know, obviously moving to digital transformation during COVID, more virtual happening, um, but then behavioral health. I think we're hearing that a lot from um, organizations, both on the health system and health plan side and, you know, how they tackle some of the big and, and meaningful issues there around access. Um, and so it seems like you know, you've had some experience um, in trying some different things, which is great to hear about. And then the last piece you're talking about on the prior authorization side, definitely something that all of the doctors I speak to in health plans and health systems too, are their ears kind of perk up when you talk through that. Um, are, are there any, I guess, kind of changes or solutions or, or, you know, what's kind of the ideas being kicked around, I guess you already mentioned, you know, not a, a anything perfect yet um, in that space, but what are some of the ideas that are being kicked around? Yeah, we, we've done some kind of what I consider more band-aids to make things easier on our members. Um, we've, we've put something in place as we're looking for the ultimate solution where we are engaging our prior auth vendor in a way that we pay them a little extra to make additional outreaches to providers when they don't get the information they need and be more specific about what it is that's missing rather than just you know, denying something that, that they didn't get all of the clinical information required. That is, like I said, a Band-Aid to make it so that our members aren't getting caught in the middle and um, providers whose offices are very busy trying to you know, juggle everything going on, they actually get that call or that um, email saying, for Joanne Mizell, I need this clinical information in order to approve the service that you have uh, scheduled for this date. So um, that's helping us a little bit. 
But what we'd really like to do is get to where we have an automated prior auth, where we're connected to the health systems and the providers um, EMR and automatically have information from that member's chart. Because we're uh, you know, connected and half owned by Banner Health, it gives us a really good opportunity to make those connections. Um, we're, we're not outsiders. We're not in a, a um, you know, non-collaborative kind of arrangement. And so um, we, we are able to work on, on making those kinds of connections. So optimally, it would be for a member to the doctor telling you need this service and they could go in on their computer and put in what they need and within a minute get an authorization or a reason that it can't be authorized and, and what the next steps would be. So that's where we'd like to get to. And then of course, um, with Banner Health, uh, we, we wanna get to where we're not even dealing with prior auths. Um, that we're all in one big happy family and getting everyone on the same page for what needs to be done and when um, we can do away with those prior auths altogether. That's amazing to hear. And it sounds like some really, really smart and interesting things going on. Now, you know, when you think about the future, how are you looking at growth and development for Banner Aetna and adding value to the organization? What, one of the main reasons that we were formed as a joint venture between um, Banner Health and Aetna was um, really to together look at the areas of abrasion and friction and connectivity and figure out how to make that member and patient experience better. Every year, our system gets more complicated and um, it's very difficult. It's difficult for me being an insider um, to keep up with everything. I, I can't even imagine if you don't know and live it every day, what it's like to know what's supposed to happen next. And, 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 and that of course creates anxiety. So what, what, what I'm always thinking about is how do we make things better for members? How do we make it so they have less work to do, fewer assignments with their healthcare. And when they, when they move between being a member of a health plan and a patient of the health delivery system, um, you know, everyone does both. And we want it to feel the same either way. So you're not looking at uh, different roles. It's the same person who is interacting in, um, in their healthcare journey and making that easier for them. And um, so I, th that's really, I think, the more we do, I don't think there's one thing that we can do because there's so many areas that can be improved, but everything we do to improve that for our members builds upon the next thing to make the overall experience um, smoother and easier for that member. Such a critical piece of the care process too is removing some of the, that friction and that roadblock, but not definitely easier said than done, not easy by any means um, from the operational standpoint. I know this last couple of years have been really challenging, you know, going through COVID and having to make a lot of changes um, quickly. And then especially recently, um, you know, financial challenges for a lot of health systems and organizations and in industries in particular. So, you know, when you look at um, taking risk or making investments, what's something that's still worth doing this year, um, you know, especially considering dollars and resources in healthcare are scarce? I, I have to say the number one thing I would I would put on there, and we have been tackling it a couple of years, is fixing prior auth. 
and taking that abrasion off of providers and members. And uh, one, one thing we have learned, it's not cheap. It is an investment, but it's an investment that, um, you know, probably for us would have short-term returns because once we figure it out, everyone else is going to do it, right? So it won't be differentiating as much, but it does, it does, I think it's worth the investment and the time um, if it improves the entire industry and simplifies that for, for everyone. So that, that's a big one, fixing prior auth and, and, you know, being in on the ground floor with some of these companies we're talking to, to help us with this, um, gives us the ability to provide more input in our perspective on, on some of those fixes. So that's, that's a big one. Um, and if I can give you another one, you asked for one, one, uh, uh, worth making another investment that has has just really risen to the top for for us is um, onboarding, and again, it's part of this whole member experience. You're a member and you're a patient, and you know people move from one health plan to the next, and there's a lot of differences. You know, uh, 30 years ago there weren't a lot of differences uh, when you move from one to to another, a different customer service number and a different you know place to send your claims, but it's, it's very different. There are formularies that are different. There are networks that are different. And um, what, what I really want to get to, and, and one of my top priorities is engaging those members a little bit better when they first become members, before they're interacting with us as a patient needing care, you're a member and treating them as membership should. So reaching out to them saying, Hey, we don't want you to have any issues when you start interacting with your um, your healthcare needs. Um, let me help you check any providers or, or doctors and make sure they're in network. Oops, this one's not. Can I help you find one that is? Um, second one is with um, medications and formularies. Those have become very complicated, and um, you know you could be on something a long time with one health plan and move to another. And uh, the formulary is different and maybe you need a prior auth or maybe it requires some other kind of work or maybe it's in a tier that doesn't, um, that has a higher copay. And so helping them with, with those things that, that can sometimes be frustrating when you have the first uh, interaction with, with that uh, health plan. So um, we're testing a couple things. We're testing having our um, customer concierge team making outreach calls directly to members, that's been um, very uh, well received um, because it goes down that track. And then any other question the member has that they didn't even think that they had, they can ask that person. Um, so that one's going really well. It's expensive, um, but once we get through the pilot and figure out you know, how that helps us with, with um, member engagement and so forth, I think um, we'll, we'll have a, a better feel for the, the value of it. And then the other, is um, engaging with the same kind of interactions on uh, SMS texting. A lot of people don't want to talk on the phone. We know that. I don't like talking on the phone. <laughs> I would rather text if I could. And I know a lot of people feel that way. So getting that information that way. And I, I think it's worth the investment because you're going to cut down on inbound calls. You're going to cut down on frustration. And, you know, hopefully people are happier with their plan and healthier, happier with, uh, with the doctors that they're seeing in the plan. 
Those are all really exciting areas and definitely, as you mentioned, places that I, I feel like investment could really bring a, a strong return, um, you know, at least in the near term, but then to just change the industry around um, and make things better and easier for patients as well as physicians and clinicians. So um, thank you for explaining that to us. I know we have a minute or two left here, and I was wondering as we wrap up our conversation where are, are there any other areas that you see great opportunities for growth in the future? We've talked a lot about some of the prior authorizations and, and um, technology and figuring out processes that are really, uh, you know, bringing additional value to patients, clinicians, and the healthcare system in general. Um, is there anything else you would add around the growth conversation? Yeah, I, I think that um, our, our opportunities for growth, of course, I, I really believe that the, if your members are happy, and the members feel like it's easier working with you, just like in any other industry, they're going to um, want to stay with you. And so, um, you know, growth is a product of retention. And so retaining those members and, and having a reputation for being easier to do business with and to work with, I think helps our um, growth for the future. As far as opportunities to do that, I think, um, you know, continuing the deep collaboration with the health systems and our health partners um, gives us that ability to um, to make things simpler and to you know to blur the line between member and patient so that that single individual is treated the same way across across the board and feels like they're special and valued. So um, I I truly believe that 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 is going to um, be a big answer to growth for us in the future. I love that. Joanne, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really fun and interesting discussion, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Great. Thank you so much, Laura. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks, to help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way. Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there.